0: Well, look at that. Look at what? Look at that. Look at it. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) God, you're a terrible actor. (laughs) I'll take my We beat our record. We beat our 2019 record. We've done it. Yeah, that's why we stopped. Yeah. That's
1: why, you know, we made enough episodes to beat 2019. And we thought, Mm -hmm. that's enough. That'll help everyone get over their working
0: from home. Blues. We'll have to stop now. Why? That's because now we've beaten it. Last oh, last time we right. had so beaten we just... it, we matched it. Okay, well thanks for listening everyone. <laughs> That's it. This is it. The <laughs> 52nd <second> audio file. <laughs> Such a waste.
1: This is going to be a big episode, Ben.
0: Is it? I was hoping we'd kind of keep it concise. Does it I have mean, to be big?
1: It, big in terms of importance. It, it doesn't have to oh, be long. Okay. Right. It's kind of like, you know, Yeah, yeah, you know.
0: (laughs) It's kind of like, oh, okay, I see. Now it's my turn to act.
1: It's kind of like the big, Mm -hmm. you know, it has to be big, but it doesn't have. Kind of
0: like the big.
1: But it doesn't have to be. The big. Actually big. Okay. You just have to act like it's big.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part 2 in this episode. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Yeah, but not long. No, <laughs> but big. <laughs> Nam no, and Jaden, FBI. Victor Goddamn Sullivan. Booker DeWitt. Solid Snack. Commander Shepard.
1: Morden Sellers. You're
0: listening to PlayStation. PlayStation. PlayStation.
1: PlayStation. PlayStation Radio. Radio. Radio UK.
0: This is PlayStation Radio UK.
1: This is 97.1 fm you're listening to playstation radio uk it is the 28th of july 2020 this you year is flying in that. i'm surprised it's the end of the Did month you, have already you looked
0: at the date recently
1: uh yeah i just looked at it then in the bottom <laughs> corner of the computer
0: oh shit it's july <laughs> it's july <laughs> it was
1: april yesterday and uh and it's seven o'clock at night it is yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Ben.
0: Yes, Simon.
1: I think my PlayStation might be about to die.
0: That is unsurprising considering I can hear it from here.
1: <laughs> so, I got a new TV. Okay.
0: Congratulations.
1: Um, what I was wanted to do was because I'm getting ready for PS5 coming. And I don't. I didn't have the greatest TV. It's quite an old HD TV. Um not the greatest picture. And so I never went PS4 Pro, so I thought I might as well, when I first get that PS5, see all of the 4K and everything and really get my money's worth from it. But to get my money's worth, I had to spend a hell of a lot more money to get the TV that will will kind of be the most compatible with it. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to get that in advance so that I can then have time to save up for the PS5. Right. And since getting this TV, it's the first smart TV I've ever had. So all of a sudden I don't need to turn the PlayStation on to use Netflix and YouTube and that sort of stuff.
0: Are you is this story going somewhere where the PS4 feels neglected and is is going to kill itself? Is that what you're saying? I think it might be doing that. Okay. But whenever I do
1: turn it on, it was loud before. It is louder now. It's it just so, wants your
0: attention. It's like a pet.
1: And I'm so used to it not being loud because for the first time, you know, it was a gradual volume increase over the years. And, and so I was used to it. Whenever I yeah. watched YouTube or Netflix, I was used to there being the sweet hum of a PlayStation <laughs> screaming in the background. Some
0: ambient screams. Yeah. yeah
1: I'm, I, who knows what volume the TV must have been at so that, you know, it was over the top of it. And since getting this TV... I've went from that to just silence. I can hear everything. Wow. And then I've turned the PlayStation back on and it's louder than before.
0: My God. This have, is your launch PS4, right?
1: Yeah, I have to use the Sony headphones, not because I want, you know, a little bit more um immersion, but because I can't put the TV loud enough. <laughs> To God hear, said. I need to put the headphones loud. I can still hear it through the headphones. Right. It's bad to the point where it's putting me off playing games. And I... it's at this awkward time in the console's life cycle where I might as well just wait, get the PS5. Yeah.
0: yeah, if it can survive the next four months, four or five months, you're golden. Yeah. You're golden. But I remember coming to visit you in Scotland before you moved down to London. And that was, yeah, that was a long time ago. That was the end of 2015, I think. Uh-huh. And it was fucking loud then. Was it? Yeah, it was really loud. Like, noticeably louder than my P- my own PS4 was. So, see, and I, I only didn't... replaced mine last <laughs> year. And I sold it to a colleague who's still using it happily, I assume.
1: So, yeah, I didn't know that it was loud then. Because, like I say, it's been a gradual thing.
0: It's all you've known.
1: Yeah, and so you know what I think I might have caused it? I never turned that thing off. Mm. It would always be on. Because I used it for smart TV, um, right. I would tend to just keep it on, just close the games.
0: And there's your problem.
1: And I think that it's probably just been, well, yeah, the, be the amount of hours it's done.
0: Yeah. But it'll, but, it'll tick along, I'm sure. tech. Tick. Yeah, well, scream. Oh, you scream know what I mean. along. Every
1: waking minute is agony
0: for that machine.
1: <laughs> well, then
0: don't play games on it anymore.
1: Well, that's the thing is, I've gone from I've upgraded upgraded the TV now, mm-hmm. and my expectation of what media is is higher, <laughs> and so it just breaks the immersion.
0: You're saying you don't want the ambient screams I anymore. don't. Maybe it's I should sort of, play a horror game or something. It sort of distracts a little bit from what you're trying to do. I need to play like a flight simulator game. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. Or a warfare game.
1: Even You know what? Warfare games aren't even loud enough. Honestly, it's bad. Shit. So I think The Last of Us might have been the last thing it did because I upgraded TV after that. Mm-hmm. And part of me wishes I hadn't. I'm going to play The Last of Us again on PS5, probably. Yeah, um, and that would be nice because I... how much of it did I not hear?
0: Probably a lot. <laughs> a lot. Of, I imagine a lot of things, a lot of nuance was lost yeah, in that game. Was there I would dialogue like in to... that game? I didn't hear anyone talk the whole time. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't miss anything. Don't worry. There was no, <laughs> no talking. I would like you to before the next episode, presumably re-download Warzone and see if that kills your PS4. Oh,
1: is that quite an intensive game?
0: That is, the I think, the worst optimised PlayStation game there is. Not only from a file-size perspective, but in terms of how hard it makes the console work. There are huge open-world exclusives on PS4, that are not that taxing on the system, but the but warzone just it fucking every everyone I know my my p s four pro all the people I know with p s four pros it just screams the consoles scream, they hate it
1: yeah, I think it's um it's just bad optimization, isn't it?
0: It'll murder your boy is what I'm saying the thing is I don't want it dead. we'll get it insured. I and want to play it- a cheeky game of warzone
1: <laughs> I want it to die. As soon as the PS5 comes in, into the house.
0: Are you willing to make a video where you throw it into a lake like I did with uh, Leisure Suit Larry, box office bust?
1: I wouldn't only because I don't want to pollute the lake.
0: You're a fucking coward. You can fish <laughs> it out afterwards. <laughs> Jump
1: in after it. <laughs> um, I need to do something with it, don't I? I need to do something when it dies. Yeah, we'll come back to that idea.
0: Yeah, spray paint it gold and put it on a nice little plinth.
1: Maybe I should um auto tune it so that it plays the Demon Souls music as it oh screams. That yeah, would be brilliant.
0: That would be really good. What if you donated it to some kind of charitable organization that, that desperately, especially around that type of time of year, needs heaters.
1: Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say like, you know, an orphanage that needs people to play games. Oh, no, they'll be fine. No, no, it's, They're having I'll, a
0: great time in the orphanage, I'm I'll sure. i
1: it to a drafty orphanage.
0: <laughs> exactly. Just make sure it's especially cold, and then that's it, it.
1: It does pump out a lot of heat.
0: Yes, I'm sure it does. Uh,
1: yeah, it's noticeable <laughs> to the point where if there's a heat wave, I don't play it. Do you not? Because you're trying to keep the, the place cool. You open the windows in the evening when it's dark, mm-hmm. you close them in the daytime, you don't put on your PlayStation
0: heater. <laughs> no no why don't you water cool it and just get a little bucket of water and put it in there i'll try
1: it i could try that that's, that's how ice that packs works. yes ice packs and elastic bands
0: mm-hmm. put yeah. it in a paddling pool
1: <laughs> but i think that's the reason why i didn't get ghost of shishima mm-hmm. because i know that that's just going to be annoying and i'd rather wait until ps5 play it on that
0: hey that's fair it is um it's not screaming at me playing that game. Honestly, t- going speaking about games that are poorly optimized, that game is probably one of the better optimized games I've played. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two made my PS4 scream at various moments. This game is it. It contains a fairly consistent hum, and uh, I think that's quite impressive, actually.
1: Yeah. Well, a hum for you isn't going to be a hum for me because the that's YouTube true. app makes my PlayStation make that noise. <laughs>
0: It just it just doesn't want to be alive anymore, and you no. need to respect its wishes. I've
1: also, and maybe this is contributing to the extra noise. I used to have it horizontal, flat, mm-hmm. and since the new TV, because the TV's bigger, it is now right. stacked vertically up.
0: That genuinely might not be helping.
1: Yeah, I don't think it will be, but there's no other option.
0: You can't lay it down.
1: No, there's no space. Okay. Unless I lay it down on the floor, but then I can't get to it to put the disc in. Right. Because it would have to be behind the T V cabinet. It's a whole thing.
0: It's a whole thing. It's a whole th- it's fine. Why don't you why don't you stack it up underneath two legs of the of the T V. So the TV's slightly lopsided, but you can have it laying horizontally. You know? Mm-hmm. No. no, you're not sure about that no. one.
1: Do you want me to get up and uh, and turn it on and you
0: can see if you yeah. can hear it? Yeah, yeah. I would. Okay, I would. hold on. Okay, here we go. I'm assuming he can now no longer hear me. Can you hear me still, Simon? No, he's gone. Okay, what a prick. Oh, there he goes. So the recording in the podcast
1: wasn't really doing this justice. So this is Simon from the future. I've now turned on Titanfall 2. It's not exactly a new game. And I'm walking, I'm right now I'm about... I don't know, uh, five feet away from the PlayStation, if you can hear that noise. So that's about five feet away. I'll take a step closer, and now I'm about three feet away, but it's behind the TV. And now I'm going to get the phone right up close.
0: Hey, so what are we here to do again?
1: Talk about games. Well, speaking of... Ghosts of Tsushima.
0: Yes. Tell me about it. I always accidentally stylize it as ghosts of Tsushima, even it's though like, there's only one. It's like the whole demon's souls. Yeah, demon souls. I think is how you say it fast, don't you? But it's demon's souls.
1: Ghosts of Tsushima. It's a bit shishy. A, shushy, isn't it? It's a bit shishy. It's a bit
0: shishy. <laughs> 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 yeah, I really like it. Um, I honestly wasn't expecting much from this game at all. I think we we spoke in a previous episode after the state of play mm-hmm. about how neither of us really took much away from that in terms of, but but why? What is the game about, you know?
1: I still don't understand that. It's I've heard that there is a decent storyline in there.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's decent. That's how I would describe the game. It's decent. I like it. It's enjoyable to play, but it's not going to knock your socks off, I don't think. It's an open-world game that increasingly, the more I play it, the more I enjoy it. Uh, It respects your time. How so? There aren't a bajillion fucking map markers. And it's got a very natural sort of progression system through the world, in that you look at the map, and everything's got the fog of war over it. Okay, And as you move through the map, that map starts to clear up and you can see different things on it. So that's quite an old school way of doing it. Yes. And there are birds, as you saw in the state of play thing, there are birds and there are foxes that you can follow to, you know, secrets and hidden discoveries and all that kind of thing. But as you're genu- generally sorry, making your way through the world, uh, when you look at the map, it will automatically populate with little question marks as you uncover the fog and naturally i go towards those question marks and do whatever is there or uh, be it uh crafting haikus you can sit in a, ni- a nice hot spring and uh <laughs> and reflect on various topics you can um what's it called you can you can get uh shrines and you pray at the shrines there's also these little temples which are sort of jumping puzzles that you have to make your way up because they're almost always destroyed the way up to them and this is just the side stuff Uh, but it's got a very nice flow to it that I have settled into now where basically I'll start it up for an hour and a half in the evening after work and there'll be a big icon on the map designating a sort of mission type thing that you can go and do and the gold ones are story related and the silver ones are sort of side tales so I'll head towards one of those and on my way there I will pay attention to anything that's that catches my eye albeit a bird or a fox and I'll check the map to see if there are any question marks that I've uncovered and I'll head head to those I'll then go do this do this little mission see if it uncovers any more stuff do that stuff and then call it a night and it's just sort of a nice I don't know. As I said, it's got a nice flow to it. I don't think it's the kind of game that is gonna that is gonna win all the game of the year awards. I think it is better than I expected. What about and those
1: people like myself who maybe feel a bit of open world fatigue? Mm-hmm. Is it gonna change that, or would you recommend that I just avoid all foxes and that kind of stuff? <laughs>
0: You can definitely just go straight to the story things. There's nothing stopping you. You can, you can get on your horse and just ride straight to it because the map seems quite big, but I like the fact that it's got this fog of, war, fog of war over it because it doesn't show me all the things that there are to do on it. So I don't look at it and go, oh God, I just know I can head in the direction of this thing and there might be some things that distract me on the way, you know, have a nice little uh, mosey through the game. And mm-hmm. it's also a very beautiful game. It's not got the same facial animation tech as The Last of Us Part Two, for example, but it's still a very good looking game and it's incredibly visually striking when there's a sunset and all the weather effects are kind of amazing. The photo mode is insane, really, really detailed, and um, the combat's fun too. I like it. You know, you, everything you do in that game rewards you, whether it's charms to upgrade your uh, to to attach to your weapons that give you basic uh, stat boosts, whether it's upgrading your armor or weapons at at various vendors, you can also you know level up your health and your and your resolve, which is the little circular icons underneath your health that you use to heal and uh, to pull off special moves and stuff like that. I think it's just. It's not gonna take the world by storm necessarily, but I think it's a really, really well put together game mm-hmm. and it does what it does really well and I'm surprised by that and I'm impressed and and i am I am enjoying it. It's sold really well as well. How, how is that story? Not incredible okay <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a classic revenge tale family member d- d- you know there's an invasion on your island. The, the Mongol Empire have invaded the Isle of Tsushima, you are supposedly the last samurai left, and you're at the moment, at the, at the point in the story I am, I'm going around trying to collect allies to free a lord who has been captured uh, with the aim probably to push out the Mongol invasion and reclaim the island. So it's all very serious, and there's not a lot of nuance to it. It's you know, it's 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 fairly it's fairly by the book. It's it's just ah, oh, Milan's been taken. Damn it! Don't you hate those that Mongol Empire? I sure do. Let's go get him. But there are also lots of little side stories along the way. Uh, I was stopped on the road by a man who was who feared for his wife and child's safety, and he ran to come and get me. And Jin, the guy you play as, said, well, "Why did you? Why didn't you stay with them? Why did you leave them? And you go there, and they've been killed." And, it, and then you have to go tell him your wife and kid are dead. And he was like, oh, God, why did I leave them? And then that's it. That's the end of the little story. So there's lots of these little, you know, quite. Why did he leave them? I don't know. I don't know. You just we go there. Closure, you, ben. you go there and you kill all the Mongols. And then you find little bloodstains. And you trace them for a bit. And then there's a child's toy next to a river. And it's implied that the bodies were thrown into the river or something mm-hmm. fun like that. But there's lots of... Uh, lots of little side tales and distractions to go along with it. And uh, I think they've done a very good job of playing into sort of the the magical and the fantastical elements of uh, Japanese folklore while also keeping it grounded in reality. So you're not going to come across, you know, uh, mythical beasts or anything, but certainly the way the the world is designed with the birds leading you places and the foxes that you can pet who lead you to shrines and things, it all feels very... Um, what's the term, spiritual, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, really deep-rooted in that Japanese culture. And I just, yeah, I just think it's it's quite magical, really, the game. And, and I'm enjoying it a lot more than I was expecting to.
1: Well, last question on it. Mm-hmm. What's the gameplay like? Because I remember from that first kind of reveal of all the gameplay, when yeah. he was fighting people in that camp, mm-hmm. it just felt boring to me.
0: <laughs> well, there's definitely that you know the the camp fighting and clearing out camps and stuff Mm -hmm. um you do have different approaches as shown in that trailer there are some missions where you can't let them see you so you know there's the there's that specific type of grass that you can hide in and they can't see you even though your head's poking out over (laughs) the top of it and stuff like that it's very video gamey it relies on a lot of open world uh cliches open world game cliches but it puts their own spin on them um the there are some more i would say um evocative fights that you get in sort of 1v1 fights where the camera does pan out a little bit or or close right in over the shoulder you know like the one from the original teasers where all the the cherry blossom is falling or that mm-hmm. you know the the orange leaves of the trees and stuff and it just looks really pretty um so bigger fights will take place like that in more of a one one on one um boss fight style but generally yeah you just you just being a bit of a billy big ball badass and just slicing people down it's quite fun the combat is fun um it doesn't have a lock on which is a bit weird to get used ah, to but okay. it's uh yeah it's it works it works and I do like it and there's lots of upgrades available to change your play style and you know improve things like if at the start of the game you press circle and you just sort of do a little dart out of the way and if you buy a certain upgrade you can double tap it and you'll do a proper actual roll and there's another one where if you jump off a high ledge you can press circle at the right time when you get near the bottom to roll out of it and avoid taking damage so there's all sorts of different things that will you know improve and change up how you play it as you go but fundamentally there's not a lot wrong with it really it's just uh it's just a really good game it's just really good it's not excellent it's just really good i think yeah what do you think about i guess it's
1: it's the fact that it's released after the last of us Mm. and the fact that it's released at this time in a console's life cycle yeah are the reasons why people might give it a
0: miss? Um, I think, as, as I said this on Triple Jump as well, and when I, when I talked about this game, um, I think Sony have done it a huge disservice by releasing it now. Uh-huh. Uh, not necessarily its proximity to the PS Five, because it's still selling really well, but I think certainly in terms of its critical reception and you know just just how players are are receiving it as well. I think if it came out before The Last of Us Part Two there'd be no way to unfavorably compare it to that game. Whereas now, and I know they're very different games, now I can't help but look at this and think the bar has been raised so fucking high for first-party exclusives, especially from a presentation standpoint, that you see things like enemies sort of jerkily walking around sometimes or a harsh cut transition into a cutscene. Like, you know, they instead of naturally fading in, you know, the camera closes in and suddenly you're in a cutscene, like in The Last of Us Part 2, it'll either fade to black or the screen will just go black and then suddenly you're in a cutscene. And, you know, regardless of where the gameplay camera is before that. So it's little things and they aren't detrimental to the experience at all. And it's a very nitpicky thing, but it is certainly, it's a comparison I couldn't have made had it come out before The Last of Us, you know? I think there's no way that this game can be appreciated by someone who's played both without thinking, oh, man, you know, The Last of Us Part Two really, really did do a very good job at making the game look beautiful, and there's just lots of things in this game that are very video game-y. And, uh, yeah, I think if it had come out beforehand, it would have stood probably a much better chance with the critics. Not that it reviewed badly, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think its positioning by Sony was a poor choice. I think it should have come out first. And okay. uh, The Last of Us Part Two should have been the swan song
1: well speaking of first party presentation Mm -hmm. let's talk about xbox
0: yeah let's do it fuck it why not
1: (laughs) so xbox had its game reveal
0: yes the game's showcase
1: is that what they called it yeah the xbox games showcase and what did you think
0: i thought it was fine
1: did you watch it I didn't watch it. I saw like the kind of highlights of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's all very confusing, right? Because they've been quite outspoken in their belief that first-party exclusives are sort of a shame, or or not really cricket. Is you know to, to paraphrase is what they've they've actually said quite a few times recently, and then they did that, and there were so many console point, exclusives What's their on point it. with that though? I don't know. I think they, they, they're implying they're it's scared, anti-consumer. Basically of, they're, I think they're scared
1: Im- of how good Sony exclusives are and how many there are.
0: It might be that, but it they're, certainly the guys that they're taking seems to imply it's because they think it's anti-consumer, which I don't. they don't give a shit about being pro-consumer. Nobody does. No, no, com- do. no
1: company does. No companies
0: give a shit about that. So it's a weird position to take anyway. And then you had a conference that was full of games where it said console exclusive. And I know technically all of their games pretty much are on PC anyway. So that's probably what they mean when they say, well, yeah, no, uh, first-party console exclusives are, you know, it's anti-consumer because... But uh, but we don't do that because technically all our games come out on PC as well. I don't really know what the point is there. And then today at the time of recording, Cuphead, a game that they have repeatedly said will never come to PlayStation 4, has come to PS4. It's out now. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, I saw the trailer release on playstation's youtube it's just come out which yeah, is mad, crazy
0: with with no fanfare and they only they only said it wasn't going to come over here like a few months ago so i don't really know what they're I, the more <laughs> it's all confusing because there seemed to be a method to all this in that they were positioning uh games pass which you know is incredible value and playstation really need to look at that and and realize what that is and how they should adopt maybe a similar model or something like it and that increasingly it looks like xbox is going to become more of a service as the generation goes on rather than a you know a a platform as such you know you get xbox on pc now and all that kind of stuff um and game pass is you know going to be rolled out across x cloud and so on when that's available so you can stream it to all your devices too but then they, then they do stuff like this where they say, no, we don't like console exclusives, but we've also got a load of console exclusives and also one of our console exclusives we said was going to stay a console exclusive has now gone somewhere else. I just don't, like, I don't get it. It's confusing.
1: Yeah, I read somewhere that their new CEO of Microsoft is not a fan of being in the hardware business. He's okay. more, more kind of wants the company to stick to its roots in software. Right. Which would make sense. I mean, not that it would make sense, but it it would make the actions make sense of what they've done. Yeah. When I look at their whole Series X, Series S debacle and like trying to get your head around it, mm-hmm. it feels like what they're trying to make Xbox is gaming PCs um, at different price marks. Right. For people that maybe don't want to buy a PC because they don't know how or there's too many specs or like entry level gaming PCs yeah that's what it feels like to me like this might be the last sort of or maybe they're not even the last maybe the xbox one was the last xbox as we know it
0: maybe maybe it
1: just feels really weird and then you see the exclusives like their big ones got to be the new halo Mm -hmm. and it just didn't look great didn't look like it was doing anything new
0: none of those games looked graphically astonishing
1: I don't think they can though, because their exclusives are on Xbox Series S, Xbox One, as well, and Xbox One. Yeah, so yeah. like their exclusives, they have to be catering to that minimum hardware requirement.
0: It's just bizarre because you would have thought that if these games are these games being developed for Xbox, you would have thought that they would develop it for Xbox Series X, their most powerful console, and manu and and uh, sorry, and market that. And then, you know, they would then port it to the inferior console. But it sounds like a lot of these games are being developed for Xbox One and are just receiving patches and upgrade. You know, yeah, it feels like they're for Xbox Series X, which is sort of weird. Again, it's weird that they would take that approach rather than go the other way.
1: Yeah, how do PC game developers? How do they? How do they set their bar for where they're aiming? Like, they must have the stats of this many consumers own systems that are within this window of requirements Hmm. and we're aiming somewhere there
0: maybe that's the advantage then that that sony have in that games coming to ps5 are being developed solely for that platform you know they're, they're not being developed for multiple SKUs and so on
1: but would you buy a ps5 if you knew that you could play those games on ps4 pro
0: um I mean I would because I'm a big PlayStation fan. But you're right, you know that to, to the layman who hears for the first year all of the Xbox Series X exclusives are coming to Xbox One as well. That just says I don't need to buy an Xbox for a year then. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and that's seemingly is what they want them to think because it's because they they're doing it under the guise of being pro consumer, but it just seems like it's such a again a bizarre choice. I don't know if they're desperately trying to get as many people onto game pass and just get into the xbox ecosystem as possible even if that means buying an xbox one now at this point in the life cycle to play all the new games and then saying right if you want all the rest of them you gotta get the xbox series x or what but it's a it's unheard of really this this tactic and i don't know if a i don't know if it's going to work out for them and b i don't know if they're going to be able to clearly communicate that to the people that they need to because you and i are sort of getting our head around it and i've got to assume that xbox fans understand it but they're that they're the core audience they already know xbox doesn't need to really explain it to them because they're going to be there anyway they need to explain any
1: xbox fans really talking about this maybe that's because of the bubble that i've put myself in for being a playstation fan for so long
0: about, I, the, about the about the the exclusives and so on. I've seen
1: people defending things. I've not really seen a reasoned discussion about is this the way? If if I was an Xbox fan, say this was happening with PlayStation, mm. I like to think that I wouldn't be for it. I'd be very skeptical of these decisions. Yeah, because I like being a console gamer. I like buying a PS5 or a PS4 and knowing that. I've invested the money in it, but I'm going to get a return because I'll be playing games that are only possible on that machine. Yeah, I, you know, I I wouldn't want to be buying a PS Five knowing that oh it's fast and it's got this SSD drive, but actually nothing's been developed to take sole advantage of that. You know, the Xbox is more powerful as a console, but those people that have been saying that for however many months might never actually see that potential.
0: I think that's what the the crux of, of a lot of people's issues were with this conference, is that games look great, you know, interesting selection of games, some good stuff on there. Some of them might come to PS4 or PS5, and that'd be great. I'd love to play them. Uh, but none of them visually showed off what was only possible on the Xbox Series X, and I think that was a mistake because this is, while you can beat your chest and say that you're pro-consumer all you want if you can't communicate that to the right people and make them actually buy the stuff in the first place then that's wasted time and wasted money and surely as i said why wouldn't you want to show off the best looking version of your game I apparently think the, are, the halo build was old was Apparently it? that was an older Halo build. It's like, well, why would you show that, though? Because it's being memed to high heaven. You know, the yeah. gameplay looks fine. I'm not a Halo fan, but Halo, Halo fans are excited for it because the gameplay looked good. But I think most people can agree that visually that was not a good look for Xbox Series X. That's their that's their tentpole game. and it's And it's kind of mad that they showed it off and it looked the way it did. It didn't look bad, but it doesn't look next gen. It looks current gen. And that's kind of shocking. Especially when you've got to imagine that there is a build out there running on Xbox Series X and hopefully looking like a next gen game. Why wouldn't you show that? It's mad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it because I just can't get my head around it.
0: Yeah. It, it we, you know, when, you, when you think out. back
1: to the PlayStation 5 games being showed, mm. and you've got things like that Ratchet and Clank game. And I think the reason why they showed that, or maybe the reason why that's even in the story where they're going through those different kind of portals mm-hmm. is they're showing off how quickly it can load these new environments yeah. instantly. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a gameplay mechanic that they couldn't have done otherwise. Yeah, And you just don't see that on in this conference.
0: And it was beautiful as well. That's something I took away from the PS5 conference is that mm-hmm. every game shown, regardless of how interested in it I was, and I wasn't interested in all of them, all of them looked like really really good looking games that i presume is because they're being powered by ps5 every game in this conference for the, from the xbox uh from the xbox conference and again i'm not saying they're bad games there were a lot of games there that looked really interesting and i would like to to imagine i will some at some point get the chance to play but none of them look like next gen games graphically and i know that's not always what it you know games don't always have to look incredible but i mean just they just looked a bit fuzzy you know they just didn't look i think they didn't it's really up important to par for next year.
1: i think the graphics are super important when you come to this stage of you're trying to get consumers to buy spend you know 300 quid or whatever 400 quid on a new console mm-hmm. well graphics is the easiest way to show in a trailer what why you should spend that money yeah maybe it's the only way because you can't everything else is just game design at that point,
0: yeah, they've got another conference uh coming before the end of the year, or showcase, I should say, maybe we'll get a price, finally, we didn't get one here, and again, you know, I don't wanna I don't want to sound like I'm bashing Xbox, but there's a lot of things that have that have been said and not been backed up by what's been shown. And it's a a bit strange, especially when coupled with this unprecedented approach to the next gen that they are adopting, whereas Sony is going down a more traditional route of, this is the box, you buy it, the games on it are made for that console, you can only get them here, you know, that, that makes sense, and maybe Xbox's bold new strategy will work out in the long run and will look really stupid, but currently as it stands, it's all a bit confusing, and what we were shown looked like it was running on an Xbox One. And I don't think that's what they surely what they would want to get across to people who are looking to financially invest in their next generation console.
1: No, I mean there's there's a lot of their stuff looked worse than The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, what do you think it means about the price? The, uh, you know are both sides waiting for the other one to announce?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's just a. Uh... It's just a standoff at this point, isn't it? Sony has nothing announced on the horizon, but they tend not to... They've not really let people know far in advance when they're going to do these things. It's usually like the week before or the week of, like, oh, by the way, we're doing this huge event next week. Mm -hmm. Um, So they may just pop up out of nowhere and go, okay, fine, we're going to do it, let's go.
1: There's rumoured to be one in early August. Is there? Have you seen that for PlayStation?
0: no i haven't seen that there wasn't there was one rumored for this month as well so who knows but hopefully right i'm ready for some more ps5 stuff
1: and what do you think's happened to Elden ring
0: i don't know (laughs) i have no idea i mean george rr martin's working on it so who who fucking knows right
1: well apparently his work's done though i wouldn't put it past him he's
0: a procrastinator that one (laughs) (laughs)
1: um and i guess the last thing about xbox is they've you know, they showed that trailer for Outer World World DLC.
0: Yes. But then PlayStation tweeted almost immediately that it's coming to PS4 as well. So that's good. I'm looking forward to that.
1: That studio though is now an Xbox studio, I think, mm-hmm. right? Obsidian, so it, yes. You know, they're if they make a sequel, which presumably they will, that might not be a an exclusive.
0: Yep. It, it might uh, sorry, not
1: be. that that might not be on PlayStation.
0: However, It also might be on PlayStation because they might see the value of having a franchise that is playable on other platforms continue and they can make the money off that rather than lock it in. They've got Obsidian already working on at least one exclusive franchise for Xbox, that grounded game, uh, the one where where you're tiny people. And there's also the other one that I can't remember the name of, the fantasy one that may also just be exclusive to xbox too so they've already got them working on stuff that's exclusive to the console but they might they might actually if they do a sequel to the outer worlds they might actually uh put out on other platforms too which would be nice to see and something that is in keeping with what xbox has done so far with some of their other stuff minecraft and so on and minecraft dungeons and, and and so on and so forth they see the value in making money from software playstation players yeah so who knows that just makes... It
1: th- I see the point in that, but it also then makes it harder to justify going the route of
0: Xbox. Right. Well, they might not do it with all their games, but certainly some, you Yeah. Know, they might. they might put it over, especially if it's already got an established fan base on PlayStation. And, you know, they might well think, well, you know, you want the Outer Worlds uh, 2, you've got to buy an Xbox Series X, to which I will say, no, thank you, that's a shame, never mind. Um hmm but they might tempt people over with a sequel for it by locking it onto Xbox, but also they might not. They might, yeah, I mean, they might see the value of putting it out on PlayStation yeah, as well.
1: Maybe their aim would be to try and grow that fan base to the point where there would be a large amount of people that would buy a console just to play the next one.
0: Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens with Bloodborne, right? Yeah or something similar anyway but there we go that was the Xbox conference it was fine and it was good to see some of uh, some of the other games you know that ultimately the competition is good and Xbox has really really lagged behind Sony this generation in terms of exclusives and uh, if they're positioning themselves to to produce some big hitters next generation that's only going to make PlayStation work just as hard so I think there's just better games for everyone and and that's a good thing yeah (laughs) hello. Didn't hear you come in.
1: I'm esteemed voice actor Richard McGonagall. And what I find goes best with a glass of brandy, open fireplace, and my best smoking jacket and slippers is a good episode of PlayStation Radio UK. You know you want to be like me. So go on. Get listening.
0: Well... If you want to hear our full thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2, there will be a spoiler cast coming real soon. This episode was originally a lot longer than 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 it appears uh, in its current form because we just chatted for ages about The Last of Us, so we decided after the fact to spin it off as its own episode, which is why we're cutting this one a little bit short. Isn't that right?
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> so, if people want to get in touch about you know your loud PS4 or Ghost of Tsushima or Xbox stuff, where can they where can they get in touch, Simon?
1: Twitter at PS Radio UK or Facebook to search PlayStation Radio UK into Facebook, yes, and drop us a message or a comment or whatever. And Absolutely. yeah, we should have that Last of Us spoiler cast coming up. Uh, real I, I yeah, real soon, like days, soon. if not hours. Weeks, months. I'll be soon.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll chat to you again. Really. Soon. Oh god, I burped. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Bye. You've been listening to the PlayStation Radio UK podcast. To find out more, go to www.playstationradio.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at PSRadioUK. So, if you've never played a computer game, don't dismiss them. There are games for all mentalities. It's just that the good games are hidden
1: behind a mass of